There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm toasty. It's <gasps> sunny outside. My lady partner just? keeps wanting me to go outside. I'm, ve- I'm very happy to just stay indoors and watch Community, but it's all like, but it's a lovely day. We're literally stuck indoors 24-7. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of... It's kind of my dream. I'm living my dream right now. Living inside actual quarantine is pretty good going. Um, before we get into the show itself, I uh, did actually have something I wanted to tell you. Ooh. Um, so on Tuesday night, I was recording my other podcast um, with my co-host. And my plan was that I was going to do that record, which started at six, I think, six, half six. And then I was going to go and have my dinner. But... That record went on way longer than I planned, and it didn't end until about half past nine. What? Yeah. How does it even overrun? Don't you well, don't you see the time? Well, it's because like we had a guest on, and so those episodes tend to run longer anyway. And we had some technical problems. I also had to post up my um, fiend video, my fiend uh, Cena video, the Firefly Funhouse one, during the record. So I just said to the guys, I was like, "Can you just hold on for ten minutes while I just..." check this through and I'll, I'll post it and they were like yeah, yeah that's fine crack on so that obviously delayed things a little bit further um and so then i didn't have so i didn't have my dinner and i just went to bed and i suddenly thought to myself the last time i ate something was at 1 p.m and i woke up the following morning and i wasn't that hungry and i because i was doing the news with i was doing the news for you i was writing up uh, part of the script i had my breakfast late so I didn't actually have my next meal until nearly 10, 11 the following day. I you, fasted for 22 hours. You were so close to a full 24. Yeah. I could have done that 24 as well. But um, yeah, so I now know how it feels for you to do four days. It's pretty much exactly the same. Yeah, once you, they, they say once you're through the first 22 hours, 
plain sailing from there. That's what I thought. And I slept for a good chunk of that time as well. So, you know, really, that is a bit of a doddle, to be honest. Well, well done. Did you experience any anything? I mean, it's not really long enough to do uh, <laughs> anything of substance. No, 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 no. It was just, um, it just felt like a regular old day, really. I just didn't eat a lot. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's crack on into the show because we had a big old match announcement for this show. Big old match tease of the Elite Deletion match. Here yes. is the show. And on last night's AEW, get in your super chats, by the way. We'll be getting to them throughout the show, including from at this link... Uh, down there which helps us out even more because YouTube doesn't take a cut if you do it through that link we had Matt Hardy challenge Chris Jericho and the inner circle I took him to be addressing to an elite deletion match which you've got to suspect is a full-on broken universe movie style match that we previously saw in TNA to great effect and then in WWE to pretty good effect but ultimately not yes so interestingly i took this to just be a match against jericho i because it feels like like matt is feuding you know with the inner circle but specifically he's feuding with jericho and it felt like that he was just laying the challenge out to to le champion rather like he ran down the inner circle but very much was just after the man himself and challenging him to come to the compound and i'll be honest that it is unsurprising because one of the things that Chris Jericho has certainly shown since he's left WWE is that he just wants to be a part of everything that's currently cool in wrestling. So that is going over to Japan and facing Kenny Omega. That's part of being the on being the elite. That is, you know, going into AEW. And of course, that would mean doing a broken Matt Hardy match out over in the compound. That just feels like something that Jericho is like, you know, I've done everything else. But these are the things I haven't done in my career. I definitely want to do one of those. I think he's one of those people, Dave Meltzer's very similar, where not only are they a student of the game, as we saw on this episode, Jericho was on commentary throughout. He was incredible. He, for my money, is actually the best wrestling colour commentator working today. How is that possible, considering all the other things he's currently doing, all the other plates he's currently spinning? Just a catchphrase, generation machine. But not just the the really in-depth history and knowledge of the sport, but also, he he. I bet, like, when something different happens, his initial reaction, his knee-jerk reaction isn't, uh, that is different. I cannot go anywhere near that, like some people do. I think he goes, wow that's different. I want to do that thing. So he's excited about the medium of wrestling and how it can change. I remember when the first ever broken Matt Hardy thing happened, you know, I knew you'd come. I was like, what the hell is going on here? This oh, is yeah. crap. I put out a WrestleTalk video saying Matt Hardy kills wrestling the day after that match aired on TNA. And, you know, you, looking back on it, yeah, that was... It's because it was new. I was one of those people. I was like, how can this possibly work? Uh, but now I've actually come to like it a lot. And I, I will go back on my initial thoughts. But Jericho, from the very start, was always singing its praises. He had Matt Hardy on his podcast on Talk Is Jericho, even when he was in WWE. Uh, and yeah, he's, 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 I bet he's wanted to do this for ages. Jericho's style of comedy, he's a very, very funny man is going to work fantastically 
in the Broken Universe style match. To your point as well there, it, this was seen on this show when Kenny Omega and Michael Nakazawa had a DDT Pro match against the best friends. And it was clearly the sort of tag match that Jericho and, you know, with the, the full DDT comedy spots that he has not seen before. And he was having a whale of a time watching it and was like very open and being like, man, I'm having so much fun watching this. This is really, really good. I'm really entertained by this. What It didn't feel like it was in character because really he should be like having a pop at Kenny Omega. He was just like, no, this is great. I want to do this. I want to go and see it's probably you know his first exposure to DDT perhaps but and you know and it was I think it completely turned him around and he thought that's really cool to, you know as you said that he is someone who is quite open to embracing various different kinds of wrestling yeah and I but, but going back to the inner circle and their potential inclusion I think it's everything on this show and going forward comes with the big proviso of you shouldn't have loads of people and to be honest you shouldn't even really be making wrestling at the moment uh, but if you are going to and you're gonna disregard those rules and advice anyway you have everyone there surely the, well, yeah. one of the great thrills of broken universe matches is all the cameos that pop up uh hurricane helms in the uh, that Jeff Hardy, just all those fun cameos. So surely Jericho as a character would turn up with the inner circle in tow. Yeah. To, like, he's and... not going to Matt Hardy's compound without backup. Well, I mean, we don't know because we haven't seen Proud and Powerful on TV for, you know, since this sort of lockdown stuff happened. Sammy's been there. And obviously we get Jake Hager as well because he's facing uh, Moxley for the AEW Championship next week. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a case of they haven't got all the... So I think it's going with Sammy, like, makes a lot of sense. You don't Maybe don't put Hager in that situation, but certainly take Sammy. Because yes. that friendship between Jericho and Sammy and the dynamic that they've got should play off very well with all the broken mat, you know, craziness. And you remember that video that was released uh, on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that was just like Jericho from every year, mm. um, like since his debut? You've got to think someone like Jericho is looking at that video being like, well that's a lot of stuff we can put into the broken universe like compound match you know this elite deletion match because i've done a lot over the last 20 odd years there's probably a lot that we can mine from and yeah, to, to the, create oh, this, this uh, you know, really just vanished match and he's back again you sorry there, I, mate I, yeah I, don't, I have no idea what happened for me that was only half a second i have i've moved over to the other side of the screen now I can yep. do... Oh, no. That's the way I've got to go. Um, yeah, like, putting Jericho in the Lake of Reincarnation, coming out as Suit Heel Jericho, coming out as Lionheart Jericho. It's Gordon re- Ramsay Jericho. Y2J Jericho. Really, really exciting stuff. Uh, yeah, so I so I am excited about what those two guys can do. Uh, the, the skeptic in me is saying... When it comes to it, I'm not actually going to be amazingly thrilled. The stuff I've seen from between Matt Hardy and Jericho so far, I haven't been a fan of at all, really. Um, I've liked Jericho's side of things more, I would say. Uh, but Matt Hardy was an amazing character for 2016-17. And, and that, well, I think we can all look back on that now and say that was genuinely ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. But... In a post-Boneyard match world, in a post-Firefly Funhouse match world, where Jeremy Borash, one of the key creative components to those initial TNA deletion matches, is working with WWE, I 
don't know if it's going to play as well and as fresh as the stuff from four years ago. Yeah, that that's a good point. And perhaps that's why the the teleportation... To, tell, I'm doing Big Bunny, it's because apparently it wasn't teleportation, rewriting of history, um, is, you know, maybe that's why it didn't play so well when it was on Dynamite. You know, had the teleportation thing been done three years prior, four years prior in, in Impact, we'd probably been like, oh my God, that's really inventive. But it didn't work on Dynamite for whatever reason. It just, for me, it didn't work. And yeah, I wonder if the compound match in 2020 is almost going to feel a bit passe. Mm. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Well, well, we'll have to see because they're both very creative guys. Uh, and if anyone can pull it off, it's them. But we'll have to see. I, I found it peculiar that after that video package challenge aired, uh, that it didn't actually... Like, nothing really happened with Jericho on commentary. And my guess would be is because, you know, things were taped out of order and they didn't know when they taped the main events of Cody and Sean Spears uh, with Jericho on commentary, they hadn't done the Matt Hardy thing or made the Matt Hardy decision. So they didn't have Jericho on commentary accepting that match. Mm. That's my guess anyway. Uh, Sorry, I'm just getting uh, an update report from Randy Andy Datsun uh, who's saying Dave Meltzer reported the match might not actually happen. AEW is still deciding on whether to do it. He doesn't know why it was advertised if it's possibly not happening, but that's what AEW said when he asked them. Now, they aren't advertising it as of yet because Matt's just laid out the challenge Mm. and Jericho didn't accept the challenge. They haven't said it is going to happen on this date. So it could just be a case that Jericho says no and they're not going to have that match. And it's just something that we tease for for a long time of him constantly challenging Jericho to, to come to the compound and face him. It's it's a nightmare of of a schedule to, to sort of get your head around with all the stuff that's currently in flux. You know, they're, they're still building towards double or nothing too when it doesn't look like that's happening, at least that's in an arena. Likely. I was going to say, if anything, it's going to happen at QT's place, surely. Mm. Um, that's QT Marshall's gym, which is where all these episodes have been taped from. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Uh, let's do some Patreon shoutouts before we get into your super chat comments. Thank you, you wonderful pledge hammers. Michael Plowman, that's his name. That name again is Michael Plowman. Woo-hoo. Very nice. Uh, the redneck Dennis Hicks. Yeah. Dot, 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 dive. Dylan Cachetta, thank Lovely you. Lovely stuff. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Cheers, Loot Sponge. Cheers. The power couple, Stephen and Giovanna. Lovely, Mwah. yes. Nip it in the bud, Nipavico. Thank you, Nipavico. My Immortal is my favourite song, Mashy. Woo. There you go, good to know. Uh, you sold out, Jay Sellers. You sold out. The Machine Gun, Gregory Anderson. What is oh. it? The Machine Gun. Uh, caught in a Travis web. Ooh, don't get caught Thank there, you, mate. Travis, in my veins, Viper Alistair. What does it mean? Um, I don't know. And lastly, the Vision Adonis. Thank you very much. And a big thank you to our Super Chat modders today. The best, Dowd, the mod mother, Jenna, Hawkeye Jeremy Runner, and Garage Art with a V, Les. Cheers, everybody. Les. Marco Talon 12, Chris Jericho remembering slash figuring out educated feet was actually a really nice moment. <laughs> it was, yeah. I thought he was so, so good on commentary. Mm. He had some amazing, amazing lines. What was that moment when he said, I'll get a pair of... Oh, man, he had a line, and it was a it was a reference to Abdullah the Butcher. Yes, a fork. Yeah, he said, get a Is fork. It a fork? Yeah. yeah, he said, I'll get a fork and I'll cut a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> And Tony Schiavone laughs and says, yes, you'll get a fork and I'll just move on. <laughs> yeah. And there was like a, a Jackie something reference. I can't remember the... I've never heard yeah. of them. I'm, you know, I'm an idiot. Uh, and Tony Schiavone, there was a few bits where Schiavone was like, wow, <laughs> you you do know your stuff. And, that, and it's just one- such a such a joy to hear. Yeah, the other one that really made me laugh was like, you know, when I came into this business, I was shaking hands and kissing babies. Then I started kissing hands and shaking babies and it turned my (laughs) career around. Um, I really liked, there was a bit when Hikaru Shida came out, Hikaru Shida, whatever, uh, and he says, I've been to Japan, it's a dump. (laughs) Just (laughs) like how he can go from such simplistic juvenile insults through to really insightful wrestling commentary and none of that contradict or undermine each other is it's 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 jerry lawler in his prime it's jerry color color commentator jerry lawler from 97 to late 2000 just brilliant i thought it was great 
Uh, and we'll just do one more super chat. Maxman four seven five money from Swaft Nate from Swaft under sorry for you precious medals. Oh, thanks, man. Thank That's you. very very kind of you, Joe. Bro, Joe, Joe. Uh, so let's get on with the whole episode, which opened with uh, Jake the Snake sitting in a chair and just cutting an excellent creepy promo. Uh, just more great stuff from Jake, really. Yeah, yeah, really, really nice uh, promo. Uh, putting over Marco Stunner's like, you know, you sorry to take a chance. Don't you make a name for yourself, man. And uh, yeah, and, said, uh, and I like the fact that he says that Cody could get beat by Sean Spears tonight, and if he does, he'll have lost on purpose because he does not want to face Lance Archer. I thought that was a really, really nice line. I so yeah, one of my things until re- relatively recently was: uh, am I into Jake or am I into Lance? And ever since Lance stepped into that ring, I have been a hundred percent into both of them. Because mm. now, when Jake's saying this promo, and I've got the context of Jake murdering people—not Jake, um, Lance murdering people last week in that excellent squash match against Marco—I'm I'm, I'm there with him for everything. When he says that Jake had this terrific run of lines, where he just said, "Would you jump out of a plane without a parachute? Would you stand across the ring from Lance Archer?" And like just just equating those two things as equally mad. Really, yeah. really sort of cemented in in a in a way that my brain understood how dangerous Archer is, and that's the mark of a great manager. And it was really then solidified because they cut from that promo into Dynamite with Lance Archer coming out for this squash match, where mm. he murdered a poor dude, absolute murder hawked him. Uh, a guy called Alan Angels. He did this amazing choke slam overhead suplex that was spectacular stuff. Which was made even more spectacular by Jericho putting it over. He's like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Uh, God, and his chops as well. Ooh. And you know how everyone used to say the last ride is the worst move to take? Because you just go up so high, all of Undertaker's height, and then you come crashing down on just a flat bump. Yeah. Surely, <laughs> surely the blackout is worse. It doesn't look much fun, does it? He's so tall. <laughs> You are doing a flip for the momentum. It's so it's such a big, big time move. Um, mm. I also enjoyed uh, Jericho pulling back some of his old gimmicks as well by getting Alan Angel's name wrong. Kept calling him like Alan Angles. Yeah, very. Good. Yeah, that 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 really confused my note taking actually because I was like, <laughs> oh, it's, it's Alan. I've got Alan Eagles down here because he must have said it wrong on one point. Uh, I cannot wait for the match against Cabana as part of the tournament. I'm really because Cabana is a big guy he's very tall and he's got a big frame so I I can't see how the black the blackout's gonna work it'd be interesting to see that's for sure but I yeah I'm I'm very I'm yeah I'm really excited to see it uh just great opening segment did you see what Jake has said in an interview I have not he said let's not do any that's everyone should just stay home we shouldn't be making these wrestling shows right now interesting which is what AEW are are doing to my understanding they're not trying to get round these stay at home orders they've taped everything but finishing up last Thursday Uh, so everything's been shut down for a week now 
uh, whereas WWE are reportedly going back to tape to tomorrow. Yeah, it's my understanding that I think the report I saw was that they've taped everything up until Double or Nothing. So they've got effectively until the end of May. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to sort of see where they currently are and, you know, whether that just means that they do more, whether they all come together to tape Double or Nothing or, or whatever that means. Um, after that, we got my favourite match on the whole show. And that's saying something because the, this had two very other good matches. Britt Baker and Hikaru Shida just this had a awesome. killer match. This was so awesome. I loved this match. Absolutely Same. loved it. Yeah, I just thought it was great. I thought it made both of them look absolutely awesome. I thought that Baker was doing great cocky heel work. Yeah. And then also some like badass heel work as well, especially when she had the blood pouring down her face. She had a great moment where she tried to get in the lockjaw, but asked the referee for a glove. So because she doesn't want to put her hand into Sheeta's mouth for, for obvious reasons. And then there were just loads of nipples when baker's face got busted open i thought they were going to call the call an audible and end the match early because it felt a bit awkward like because then shida hits the falcon arrow and i was like okay we're gonna just end this match early but no they went for like another five to seven minutes after that and they just did more and more nearfalls i thought it was a, a an abs- it's the best that Britt baker has looked on aw since it started you know in may last year 100 percent, yeah and this is this is your women's division I've said it from the start, like, Sheeda is the best. Like, she's my favourite. She's my favourite in the women's division uh, by quite a, a long way. Uh, they've they've wanted Britt Baker to be this Roman Reigns-like babyface, but it didn't work. So they, they pivoted and they turned her heel, and now she has found that groove. She is excellent. It's like, yeah. of course she's a heel. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember... Over the summer, when she was being taken to all these press events for AEW, where it would be, it would be Kenny, it would be Cody, it would be the Young Bucks, you know, all the big, it would be Jericho, all the big names of the promotion, and Brit, because mm-hmm. it, it made sense. Like, that's a very easy story for a mainstream press outlet to write about. She's a wrestler, and she's got a dentistry career. Yeah. So, and they must have seen that. And I totally understand the reasons why, as, oh, she's going to be a big baby face star. No, no, no. She is a brilliant heel. Yeah, she's a terrific heel. And I I think she was doing some incredible work in all of this, kind of talking to the camera. And then, but she was kind of, she was saying something to the camera. And then Jericho started on commentary being like, look out behind you. And then Britt Baker got attached. She's like, oh yeah, she can't hear me. (laughs) (laughs) Again, um, it was the same as everything all night. Jericho's comedy and commentary just got everything over uh himself included uh yeah really really good and i thought he did a great job in getting both of these women over during the match as well talking about how tough they are as well really putting over brit for like the broken face and making like shida look so dominant for doing it and i loved baker's promo that she did later on in the show as well with sort of like the dried blood all around her face Talking about how, like, she did this to me. She does not a role model. I'm a role model. I would never do this to someone. And then she's like, I hope she didn't do anything to my teeth. But I'll fix them if she did. Yeah. <laughs> I... and, then she, and then pause and goes, because I'm a dentist. And then walks away. She was fantastic. I And there's so many... I'm really, really excited about Baker's character. I remember when she first turned heel and they, they cut the promo out on 
So it just didn't play that well. And then the next week it was like, ah, oh, this is this is pretty good. And the week after, like, man, she's really settling in now. And then by, you know, four weeks after the first heel turn, you're like, she is, she knows this down pat now. And yeah. I'm really excited to see where they take the character because she hasn't actually got that much ring time since the heel turn. The, the, the women's division in general hasn't. And when it has been, it's it's been Nyla, it's been Statlander, it's been Rio. But a, a, a Britt Baker-Sheeda feud just running through the women's division and and Baker gets more and more like psychotic. Uh, I'm thinking Marathon Man, I said in my review, like when she had all the blood over her face. Yeah. And Becky Lynch style, Survivor Series 2018. I, al- I almost wanted her to, to properly start going for people's teeth because she's just snapped in pursuit of the title. And the, I think the best way to make her snap is she loses a tooth. <gasps> oh, that's good. And it's easy to do. You know, you just black out a tooth. Mm-hmm. She doesn't actually have to lose them unless she's got veneers. I guess you can take them out. But the yeah, I th- that has got to be the long-term plan here. I like it. Yeah. Very cool. But just just an excellent, excellent match. Like, one of the best non-feud matches in Dynamite history I've put here. Like, a legit four-and-a-half-star match. Yeah, and it's... The women's division has... I mean, it's been a problem for Dynamite. I mean, it's been a problem for AEW really since day dot. It's been an issue for them. And it's been particularly difficult now because Nyla's not at the tapings. So you can't really build championship feuds. You know, they were putting over here that Hikaru Shida has been the ranked number one for nine weeks. You know, she, she's she been the top challenger for a long time, but Nyla's not been around to, to tape, you know, a, a championship match or anything. It's the same with the tag titles at the moment. Kenny's the only one that's there with the tag straps uh, because Hangman can't make it. And it means that you can't really sort of set up storylines. But through that they actually managed to have done it for the, the men's division because they've set up this really interesting feud between kenny and the best friends and you know and particularly with Trent. so but the women's feud well the women's division while this was a really good match still doesn't it, it still doesn't have the stake to it it's got all the sizzle but it's got no it's got no real stake to it well should we get on to the kenny stuff because this then cut to a a sort of not not a skip, but a scene from earlier in the day where mm-hmm. Kenny and Michael Nakazawa, former DDT tag uh, chums, uh, are in a trailer and they're talking about what their tag team name should be. Nakazawa's like, well, we're best friends. Let's be called the best friends. And Orange Cassidy walks out of the toilet, I think. Yeah, he w- he was, he was in the toilet. But I like to so say, Michael Nakazawa says, like, we should be called Best Friends. And Kenny was like, well, we've already got a tag team called Best Friends. And Michael goes, yeah, but you're an EVP. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, I am an EVP. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the, because Cass, this isn't the first time Cassidy's come out of a toilet. He, we, no. we just see, he always seems to emerge from them. Uh, he comes out the toilet and then the Best Friends themselves storm through the door. Yeah. Like, well, why weren't you together? It's very funny. And then uh, Trent and Chucky flip out at them. We're the best friends. They storm out. And Kenny's like, well, I guess the match later is for the right of who gets to be called the best friends. Yeah, tag name was on the line. Yeah, funny stuff. Orange goes back to the toilet. Then we got something that I haven't seen before, but I thought it was perfect. They should do it every week. They should have been doing it from the start. It was a movie voiceover trailer guy just breaking down the women's, the tag, and the men's rankings. Uh, 
greed. I mean, my notes here are like, they're doing a rankings report, finally. Like, it, it just makes the rankings feel so much more important. And they sort of like establish why people are in the positions that they're in. Yeah, great. More of this. Absolutely more of this. Yeah, and then we got to look at, because, uh, you know, the, the situation we're in at the moment, we're going to get a lot of promo packages, stuff to fill time. And when it's this good, I don't mind. They ran this, an, another excellent promo for Jake Hager versus John Moxley ahead of their empty arena, no holds barred match, which they really, really build up like a big thing. Like it's mm. made me feel like it's a, a big thing and not a situational forced yeah. circumstance. Uh, but just this amazing video package, interview with Hager's coach, with his wife, very MMA UFC approach to building a fight. And uh, Hager's wife just says, hey, look, he's a winner. If if he doesn't win, he doesn't come home. I yeah. thought, man, this is... And then it's Moxley... Really com- Go on. Uh, that, well, then Moxley says, I just, you know, I, can't, I, I must admit, I like the sound of a, another man's head smashing. I thought, <laughs> Yeah, there were some really, really good lines in this. I particularly like, actually, the story they were telling through this promo, because like, this was one of three that they did. And the the one I liked, the sort of one of these stories I liked in this video package was that uh, Hager was supposed to have a Bellator match in May. So he's been training since February. So he's almost just like, you know, I've been training for February. So I'm already better than than he's expecting me to be. Because I've been training for for way longer. I was, I was training for something else. So I'm just going to use that training and just take the title off him instead, which I thought was a really, really cool line. I thought it was a really nice story twist. Um, and uh, I liked Mock saying that he's he hit Hager with the DDT, a move that he has perfected over the years, a move that he has put a lot of people away. And Hager just popped right back up and gave me the ankle lock. That's, you know, that's quite scary. You know, that that's pretty good. And Hager says that he'll be a uh, double champion. I'll tell you how good this was. It made me excited for the Hager Moxley match, which I was not last week. Well, you see, the, the video promo last week got me excited for it. Uh, and this just elevated that more. So I, I'm, I, I know a lot of people are making jokes. Jake Hager, you know, Jack Swagger versus Dean Ambrose, John Moxley for the title in 2020. But I, I don't think anyone was more down on Jack Swagger turning up on the first episode of Dynamite than me. I was just overwhelmingly unimpressed mm-hmm. now i think it, they've done such a good job building him up building this feud i know it's not going to be like a first proper big title pay-per-view feud if it is i'll eat my words and that's a mistake but as a, just an immediate follow-up to the jericho win in the current circumstance i think that's totally acceptable i, I it's meant to be the the breather feud to set up the next big feud for double or nothing and also if someone goes to a new promotion it is almost like a clean slate you know and it's it's that promotion's job then or that promotion's opportunity to try and make a star out of where someone might not previously have been seen as a star you know austin wasn't a star in wcw he and he wasn't a star when he first went to wwf either but he became a star it can happen you know, it's it's Hager now. You can say like it's the Jack Swagger thing, which you know it's a, it's a mold that I'm sort of half in, I guess, because I've I've said that I'm not massively into this the idea of this feud. But promo packages like this make me forget about previous roles that he has had in other companies, and makes me excited to see what this version of the character is. Definitely, uh, we also got another video package 
for the night's main event, which was Cody Rhodes versus Sean Spears, just reminding you that this isn't just a tournament fight, it's a really big blood feud that carries over from last summer with the whole chairman angle, uh, which, you know, I hadn't forgotten about, but it was really nice to have those spots put back into my head for when they would reference them in the actual main event itself. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. I really enjoyed it. Now, then we got the best friends versus the best friends of <laughs> yeah, Kenny Omega matched. and Michael Nakazawa. I've, I I love comedy wrestling. Uh, but comedy is very subjective. That doesn't mean I love all comedy. I, I don't find Michael Nakazawa's particular act funny. No. No, I think that's fair enough. So the, the whole thong thing down the you know the thong stuff the baby oil stuff just doesn't tickle me in the way other stuff does uh so i've I've got to admit i wasn't that into this match but i'm not going to take it away from anyone if they were i yeah yeah i wasn't into the 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 comedy of this match either mainly because like it was it it, yeah you're right like it didn't tickle me to that degree uh, either but did enjoy the match overall i thought that all four men did their roles what i really liked was you know this was michael nakazawa being michael nakazawa and kenny going back to ddt version of kenny omega you know jericho even made reference to the fact that he wrestled an eight-year-old girl and but the best friends were being legit serious best friends and I really enjoyed Trent's uh, work in this. I thought I thought Trent Beretta was really, really good getting over how he was like almost angry that Kenny wasn't taking this seriously. Mm. And so I really enjoyed that dynamic that that played throughout this match. And there were a lot of sort of fun and inventive spots. Um, uh, but you know, it's 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 to each their own. I particularly I, I did get a kick out of when Nak- uh, Nakazawa did the thong mandible claw thing. Jericho started shouting, "He's gonna puke! He's gonna puke!" in a Vince McMahon voice. But that was quite funny. Um, and the uh, the best friends picked up the win by hitting strong zero on Nakazawa. Mm. So that you know puts them up again in those rankings, kind of leads them towards and like through all of this they feel like they are building towards best friends versus page and omega you know this is almost fuel for for page to come back and be like what are you doing what are you messing around with michael nakazawa doing stupid comedy stuff we need to defend these titles we need to make this serious yeah yeah that's a great story and i particularly the eventual hangman page no nonsense interaction with orange cassidy oh that I wonder good. who the crowd would cheer for them. <laughs> because Paige should not take any of Cassidy's low effort bull crap. When mm-hmm. when Cassidy like puts the glasses on in front of a Paige stare down who's trying to be serious, I want Paige to clobber the hell out of Cassidy. Yeah. But I don't think the crowd will cheer that. Yeah, I mean maybe that 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 will be the heat the most heelish he's been. <laughs> Um, but that's good. It's kind of the shades of grey that AEW managed to balance with all this. Yeah, I, I again with Cassidy, I, I wasn't particularly into this match. I thought the action was good and well worked. I, you know, look at the guys in the ring. But the that the there was a Cassidy dive on Kenny outside that was in full view of Aubrey Edwards, mm. and I I'm on your side, AEW. This is a problem, and when people criticise you for doing lazy, thought-out spots like this that do undermine your very good referees, I can't... You know, you're making an idiot of me. 
I'm the guy yeah. walking around saying AEW's amazing. Watch AEW, and then people will say, "Yeah, but uh, they they don't treat their referees that well." I'm like, well, you know, that shouldn't stop you from watching and enjoying a really good wrestling promotion. But then, but then they watch it, and you do stuff like this. I, I, I don't know what to say. I, it does. Yeah. It annoys me. It's frustrating as an AEW fan who wants you to be the best you can be. Yeah, no, I agree. I very much agree with that. Um, to take a positive on this and get my AEW bias out there. Um, uh, to put over Kenny Omega, I think that he is one of those guys that can really do. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, maybe I am in a way. It's Kurt Angle. Kurt, one of Kurt Angle's great strengths was that he could do goofy comedy, really goofy mm. comedy, but then could get in the ring and you still believe that he's a legit tough guy that will beat you up and, and steal your title and, and win. And I think Kenny Omega's got the exact same thing. Like, Kenny doing comedy here with Michael Nakazawa, when he's in the ring next week doing a serious match with, you know, Chucky e. T or Trent Barretta again, I'm not going to be like, oh, but he was doing that comedy shtick last week. I think he he does that balance really, really well. Mm. He, yeah, it doesn't ruin his serious side, but I've, I'm, I'm not that into comedy Omega either. Mm -hmm. uh, I've got to be honest. I, I, I like the sort of demented bullet club leader omega which i guess is a lot more character driven but the 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 comedy stuff i think is over the top uh and do you remember when he would have the spray he would always yeah. use the spray i just the, the cool freeze spray I, just, I never got into that um but yeah um each to their own i suppose Brody lee has a skit next where he turns up outside a building, uh, an AEW building, and there are a few crawlers, too, addressed as normal crawlers in their little tracksuit lucha mask things, but one of them has shown initiative. He's wearing a suit. Yeah. And Brody dresses down, literally, the two not in suits, saying, like, well, why aren't you dressed up properly? And he chooses the one in a suit to come with him into the building because he's got a job for him. Yeah. And I wonder if that job is the lad that he then killed in the uh, the squash match that we got uh, got next. A literal job. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's more of that sort of fun Vince McMahon parody stuff. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. Like uh, if you're a champion, you have to wear a suit. Sort of that backstage etiquette that's often reported on in WWE. But it's not just champions, it was everyone. Was it, it everyone? Was, yeah, it was literally, if you were a part of WWE, with the exception of The Undertaker, and I think a couple of sort of hand-picked others, you had to wear suits whenever you travelled anywhere because you have to project a certain image. Um, and yeah, that's what they're making fun of here. Mm. I, again, I like Brody. I'm really enjoying this character. But it's not the Dark Order, is it? It, yeah, as we said this last week, this is the third reset of the Dark Order, and it's now a very different thing to what it was in the second era and in the first era. This does not feel like the cult leader thing anymore. Because if this was always the plan, all the crawlers should always be wearing the suits? Yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't follow. And it, well, it was a bit weird in that division rankings video package where they said, oh, Brody Lee will be happy because Stu Grayson and Evil Uno are really high up in the in the rankings. Were they number one or were they number they're, they're five? Ranked, they're ranked number one at the moment, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, but where have they been? <laughs> well, I mean, they've not been at any of the tapings, I guess. And all of those wins that they've got were on Dark previously. Mm. So I, I think that that's part of it. I don't know where, like, 
if they have been in the tapings or what, but we haven't seen Brody Lee with Uno and Grayson. Or, you know, that that lad that was doing the, the video things with them. So then the fact you've not seen those three or, you know, even those four together... Uh, it, that's why it doesn't feel like it's really connecting or really clicking. I think once mm. you've got Lee with the Dark Order again, like in that, at, you know, as a threesome, maybe that's when this will start to click into place. At the moment, they two, they feel like two separate things. Hopefully, uh, then we got the Shida post-match Britt Baker promo, uh, which was very good. Then we got a very similar Hager versus Mox promo from earlier. Was it the same? No, it was a different one. It was a different one. I swear it had a lot of the same bits in, though. Uh, I think it's probably got the same footage, but it's got, like, different interview mm. uh, clips. Yeah, it ended with Mox saying he's going to F him up. I, you know, just, just from a sort of TV production side, I think this was too similar to air in this episode to the first one. Um, then we got the Matt Hardy challenge that we've already spoken about. Mr. Brody Lee, as he wants to be known. Not even the exalted one anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Squashed. He's still the exalted. He's he's, in, he's introduced as the exalted one mm, for now. Squashed a chap called Lee Johnson, and he stared down Marco Stunt at ringside. Uh, Marco Stunt, just the best person to squash. Absolutely, you know, four foot nothing, standing on a box. Uh, yeah, absolutely, the perfect person to squash. Uh, Jericho sort of made fun of the people who thought it was going that the exalted one was going to be Raven, Matt Hardy, or Christopher yeah. Daniels. So good work, Chris. Brody Lee did a, you know, his discus clothesline finisher, but there was no Sister Abigail setup. Mm. In the it's recently, he's been, you know, whipping them into the ropes, and then as they come back, it's the clothesline. So I don't know if he's dropping that or maybe, yeah, maybe he's just sort of figuring out as he goes, really. And the main event was the first match in our TNT title tournament between Cody Rhodes and Sean Spears. Uh, with neither Arn Anderson or Tully Blanchard in their corners for obvious reasons. Yeah, uh, I thought this was a really, really good main event. Uh, I really enjoyed these two working together. It's the most legit that uh, Sean Spears has felt since uh, since All Out, really, because I think that loss at All Out, I still don't think it was the right call for for Cody to beat him. And I don't think that Sean Spears has felt like much of a threat or much of a big deal at all since then. But I thought this job actually did kind of do a lot of work to rebuild some of that and make him feel like a credible threat. Yeah, yeah, and definitely with Jericho's commentary at the end, uh, that you know the the final line was Jericho putting over Spears on commentary, saying, "Man, Sean is really impressed me in this match. See you next week." Uh, so yeah, I I agree. It, it was a really good way to take Sean Spears out of that AEW dark division that seems to exist. Uh, yeah, it was really good. It, they didn't start the match like like how you normally would because of the history between the two guys. They went straight in at about number eight, really, as opposed to mm-hmm. starting at number three and working your way up because they've got all that context set up in the video packages beforehand. And yeah, some big stuff like guardrails put up on the apron Oof, yeah. and the Cody suplex. Uh, was Cody was suplexed into it. Jericho picked up on that great describing the ankle and how it might have hit one of the rungs in the guardrail and that can be one of the worst things to happen to you as a wrestler if you get that kind of ankle injury just brilliant color commentary um but again aubrey was right there okay so this one i can defend Mm. the other one absolutely you're you're 100 right on but they did say on commentary and they've done this a few times in aew as well so there's a precedent for this 
where it is it's a more important it's an important match uh, that Aubrey just does not want to just throw out for a DQ she wants to see a finish and so it's referee's discretion she allowed the match to continue I totally agree and I don't mind that actually what I do mind is that she made no effort to remove the rail that was set up on the apron despite it being there for a good two minutes before it was used in a spot she never once said to Sean Spears no don't do that which yeah, is you know fair. like and if if the referee isn't showing me where the moral rule guidelines are I don't really have the same sort of investment in the heat because mm-hmm. there is none it doesn't like the way it seems is that rules aren't being broken so why would you yeah. care that that Cody's being beaten up like that. I, I mean, the same thing happened right at the start of the match. Sean Spears grabbed a chair and threw it into the ring. And I, I think it was Brandy that got rid of it as opposed to the referee that, that took it out. So, you know, part of that is on Aubrey. But I think that's, yeah. I mean, when I was watching the match, it didn't take me out of it as much as the Orange Cassidy spot did because the commentary covered for it. And we've seen it in previous AEW matches. You know, we saw it in the, the Cody Jericho match where Aubrey was like, I don't want to throw this out for a DQ because then he doesn't get his uh, a shot of the title ever again. So I think there is, you know, there is a precedent that has been set for it. Uh, later on, I I think that the later one was fine because it was a case of Cody being thrown over the top rope through a table outside that was set up there, sure, but it's not like Aubrey could have really stopped that the way the spot was done. And that was a really dramatic sort of bit there where Cody only just made it in on the 10 count. I really liked Sean Spears' selling of that as well because he was in the corner trying to get rid of one of the turnbuckle pads and Brandy you know, got up on to, to stop him. And that's when Sean saw the table. And yes. you can see then, you can actually see the cogs turning in his head. It's like, okay, if I do this, Cody's going to do that, which means I can then do this and then I'll put him through the table. And he just sort of like methodically worked it out so that he lured Cody into that spot and so he could put him through the table. It put him over as a really good strategist. I'm, I'm really, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot about that. I had the exact same thought. Anyway, Sean starts to trash talk at the end here, and that kind of fires Cody up. He slaps Sean back, hits two crossroads, which Spears kicks out of. Oh. What's the point of the crossroads anymore? <laughs> it's the new Rainmaker. Uh, so Cody pins Sean. Sorry, sorry what did you say? Rain Omega! (laughs) I forgot that was a thing we could do. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, So Cody pinned Sean Spears in a figure four. Yeah, right? Which was really cool. And I was finding it cool anyway. And then Chris Jericho just started waxing lyrical about how cool that is. He's never seen it before. Wasn't that finish awesome? And I was like, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. It's just Sean Spears on his back, shoulders on the, uh, you know, shoulders to the floor, screaming in agony that he is in so much pain he can't even like throw a shoulder up. Mm. He, he's refusing to tap because he doesn't want to tap out to Cody, but also he he's done for. And you're right, I've never seen that. I've never seen someone. Like, you've seen that spot before where someone's in the figure four and they get a shoulder up, but never someone actually be pinned from it. I, it caught me off guard a little bit. And that was I was you know it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, really good. So overall, a decent episode of AEW Dynamite. Nowhere near the levels of uh, last week, I thought, or three weeks ago, um, but better than two weeks ago. Well, they 
There you go. It's very nice. Very nicely put. Yeah, that it was a, a pretty decent episode of AEW. I think this is what the, the probably the standard that we can expect going forward. But, you know, if they've bulk taped a lot of stuff, mm. this is going to feel like a very pre-taped show. And this did feel like a very pre-taped show. So, yeah, I guess this is just the, the standard that we're probably going to expect moving forward. Just, you know, probably two to three very long matches with uh, a lot of intensity to them and a couple of squash matches thrown in. Good stuff. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's that's a good baseline to have. Uh, so let's get into your super chats. Juan Villa, lovely time with the boys, and a little bit of the Mary Jane. We've got a Spider-Man fan, obviously, uh, probably just reading the Spider-Man books while uh-huh. watching yep. us, right? I'm not That's a big fan of Brody Lee's finisher. What would you like him to use? That's the finish he's always had. So that disc is clothesline. So yeah, I've, I've always really liked it. But if, if he didn't have that, I like the big boot uh, that he uses. I think it's yeah. good enough to be a finisher. Yeah, a big slam maybe, because he's a big dude. The big slam. That's it, yeah. Like, you know, yeah, he, does a, does a, he does a really nice black hole slam. Mm, he does, yeah. Uh, Colostopia. Austin Gunn is really funny outside. Yeah, there was a moment with um, where Billy Gunn got involved in something. I think it was in the women's match. I think uh, Britt Baker did a famouser. As of, and like and then kissed uh, or blew a kiss towards Billy Gunn and Chris Jericho's like why is Billy Gunn getting involved he hasn't been relevant in 20 years <laughs> Sean Dunn Baker needs braces dental plan <laughs> dental plan dental Baker plan. needs braces <laughs> <laughs> Nate drops surname was that a Claymore Trent hit on Omega Jericho said it was some kind of diving drop kick start cheating on the quiz and beat Randy already Joe um yeah, I suppose it's sort of like a sliding drop kick would be what a claymore is. Mm. I, I don't think you might be reading too much into that though. Uh, oh, do they think it was meant to be some sort of reference? I don't. Oh, know. right. I, I think know. I think it's just you know it's a move. Uh, Colostopia again. Tony saying hentai and Kintama makes the show five star. There you go. Did he say hentai? I, I don't even know what him. Kintama is. I don't know what hentai <laughs> is either. <laughs> Uh, rest of our carry on that Stephen McLean you guys are doing a brilliant job in trying times well done and keep the content coming thank you very much consistent uh, Raphael C if anyone is bored definitely check out Parts Fun Known it's all so much fun and entertaining I didn't think I'd be into RPGs or quizzes as much as I am Wow. I mean, if you enjoy the quality content of Parts Fun Known it's also available in podcast form uh no Rolls Bard is available as a podcast series, and Quizzlemania is also now a podcast. I'm going to subscribe right now. Where can I get that? Wherever I get my podcasts from. Absolutely. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts from. No Rolls Bard is available as a podcast, as is Quizzlemania, a wrestling podcast comedy quiz. Subscribe and download it. Brilliant. Yeah. Listen to that after this. Zach Icon Linda, thanks for the consistency while I work from home. Oh, you're very, very welcome. You're welcome, Mike Dempsey. Did you guys see the new Raw promo? Poor Samoa Joe can't catch a break, even in a commercial. That's the one where he got concussed, right? Yeah, this was about two weeks ago this came out. <laughs> the actual shot 
where Samoa Joe got a concussion. Hmm. Just another WrestleMania. What a weird few weeks of Samoa Joe stories that was. <laughs> uh, feels like a lifetime ago. And Omni slash my big hairy balls, Laurie, you brought it back. Yeah, yep. we did. Uh, that yeah, was in today's did. news. Manscaped, they are a fantastic male grooming product. We're guys. We're hairy. Me more than most. We should take care of ourselves so it doesn't get so stinky down there. Plus, the ladies <laughs> like it more, so I'm told. I, uh... I, I did did mine over the weekend. How was it? Yeah, it's good. It, it, ge- <laughs> genuinely, because I used to, you know, without going into too much detail, use my beard clipper. Probably yeah, should have. Well, I mean, you've gone into a lot of detail on the uh, the podcast before. Mm. I re- I remember that story. And there was a there was an incident where I s- cut myself. Yeah. Mm. There's still blood on the bed sheets. Today, <laughs> blood is remarkably hard to get rid of. I've got a newfound respect for serial killers. Yeah, I but don't know how the, Dexter got away with it for so many years. I know uh, the, the guy's laundry bills. <laughs> but um, honestly, if, if you if you're interested in this sort of stuff, Nick Free. They've got this. I don't know what it's called. It's like this skin set. That's it. Skin safe technology, uh, and it is. Yeah, you can just ride around with with carefree. It's it's not gonna hurt you, which is good. Yeah. Uh, but Always yes, I've good. spoken way too long. Have we got any anything on the Streamlabs side? Oh, you are so good at remembering that. Um, we haven't, although we did have one from yesterday during Quizzlemania from uh, Mr. Wrestles, who said, felt bad there was nothing to read here before. Hi, Larson. Uh, <laughs> turn Steve in for falsifying those big red reports. Um, oh, we've just had one literally that's come in from Average WrestleFan, who said, uh, happy to make a live show. Can't wait for the next parts fun known Quizzlemania. In the past year since watching you guys, it's been a great face turn. Oh, that's good. Thank you very much. <laughs> from one of your faves, uh, Blake Ham. Ah, oh, what a piece of crap he is. <laughs> uh, he has gotten in touch uh, with a quarantine edition WrestleTalk Get Better. I bet it's something like, oh, I just found out that I'm absolutely immune to it. Um, and <laughs> I am the, the perfect human being and I repel any sort of sickness. But, well, let's, ugh, let's... My, <laughs> you know, I've got a pimple on my face. On my perfect face. Well, let's find out what Blake has to say. He says, Hello, Luke, and your piece of crap partner. Ollie's story the other day about having to do squats with his lady partner as his weight got me thinking. With gym shut down, a lot of people must be coming up with inventive ways to work out. So I propose a subset of WrestleTalk Get Betters where people depict the ways in which they found to still uh, stay active for example, in the attachments below, you can see that I only had a workout bench, a 45-pound bar, which is 20.47 kgs or 3.2 stone, and a 50-pound bar, 3.5 stone or 22.7 kgs. So I rummaged around and found two old tires, two cinder blocks, and two 10-pound 4 kg or 7 or 0.7 stone, and putting them either side of the bench to secure them mm. with a shoelace, giving me approximately 230 pounds, 16.5 stone or 104.3 kg 
weight bar. So with just the bar and the kettlebell to work out with, I've been limited to what I can work out. Um, but not working, uh, but not working currently, I've had much more time to work out. I've even started doing yoga with my wife, which is arguably harder than the weight training. Anyway, sorry for the long email. Just curious to hear what the rest of the SWAF nation is doing to stay fit, fit during these trying times. Much love from the king of the SWAF nation, Blake from Texas. P.S. When you guys are ready to have uh, the king of Quizzlemania, I'll be waiting. Based on the last two weeks, I can't do any worse than Ollie. So, so when he said just curious to see what everyone else is doing, he means I want to brag about what I'm doing. I've just forwarded you the email. I thought about this because people have obviously like sent us pictures, but we can't. I can't show you the pictures because I'm using my laptop. So I've forwarded you the email so you can see the setup that he's created. I don't even know if I want to see this. It's going to make me feel inferior. Uh, is it the invoice from Smart Strategy Marketing? It's not that one, though. Mm, I haven't had anything f- through from you just yet, then. Mm-hmm. So I think I've already found a flaw in this. Oh, here it plan. is, here it is, here it oh, is. Got it. Oh, this is real-time excitement uh, <laughs> with my laptop running slow. Uh, he's included a movie. Oh, my Lord. So this is like a, yeah, just a standard weight bench with a a few hooks to put the bar. And he's put tires around them and concrete blocks. Yeah. And in, in what looks like Braun Strowman's wilderness backyard. He's also put in the shrugging guy emoji. Is it like, oh, I guess I could do this. Oh, I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to download this video. Have you watched the video? I have not watched the video, no. Let's see what this video is all about. Oh my god. So I'll walk you through it. I'll audio describe. He's he's put some rap music over the top. He's wearing a tank top vest. And he is putting his legs up in the air like a freewheeling douchebag. And yeah, yeah, he's doing reps. That's one, two, three, four... Ah, yeah, he's doing that perfectly. Flat back, like it's nothing, and then he then he stops the the video. Well, you know what a douchebag! <laughs> what a piece of crap! What an absolute douchebag! I, you know, I must say though, I couldn't see uh, the corner of the bar, so I can only suspect he's got someone to help him lift it. Right, okay, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Oh, can we just ban him emailing me? <laughs> no, absolutely not. Um, speaking of uh, Quizzlemania, how did you find last night's episode? It's a lot of fun, isn't it? And mm. you know me, I love to have fun, and I'm totally fine with losing. So I Twice. loved it. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a, a really fun uh, quiz. I came close. You uh, did come close. Yesterday. Yeah, and uh, as I said, as I said in the episode, I'm not blaming you for the loss. Um, really, in hindsight, twenty twenty, I should have got King of the Ring ninety eight. And you should have been better at drawing. I thought my drawings were actually pretty good. I thought they were pretty fantastic, to be honest. You needed more penises. <laughs> so, is is this a good way to promote the audio version 
of Quizzlemania. Well, that's what I was thinking, because we've now got a little bit of a podcast network that we've started by accident, because obviously we've got the WrestleTalk podcast that you're currently listening to now. There's also No Rolls Barred, the official podcast companion, that has got intros and outros from uh, Adam Blompier and the No Rolls Barred crew, and that's our sort of wrestling RPG series that we've been doing. The first season of that is available to listen to. And now, yes, indeed, if you think sitting in front of a computer for an hour and a half is too much for Quizzlemania, why not download the podcast version that's got music? Mm. It's got music to f- uh, fill the silences. I, I was looking at the waveform and I was like, oh, there's a lot of lot of empty space in some of these when we're just thinking. So if I plug that with music, where did should you get the music up. from? Royalty-free libraries, man. Oh, that's good. I was scared you were going to say, that one that we use for YouTube, but we can only exclusively use for YouTube. <laughs> no, mate, absolutely not. Nice. What, what's the music? Is it sort of a thinking... Dun, 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 what, yeah, basically what dun, I was after was... Um, oh, what are they called? It's like, almost like vaudeville music is kind of what I was going mm. for. It's sort of like quite playful comedy music. It is a comedy podcast after all. But the final round is more suspenseful music. So yeah, it's it filled the holes quite nicely, if you will. Well, good. Yeah. So I highly recommend. You can find that on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, Quizzlemania. Uh, If you just search for Quizzlemania, you should be able to find it. Or Wrestling Comedy Quiz, you should find it that way as well. So yeah, it's good fun. Uh, I highly recommend it. We had Larson on. Um, I was listening to the Going In Raw podcast this morning, and they were talking about Larson's performance. Uh, Steve theorized that he was throwing the game initially uh, so he could have like the big climactic comeback. Uh, Larson said, "No, no, no. I, if I'm going to win, I just want to know I'm winning." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he um, he was quite a way behind me, like five points behind me in last place, uh, going into the final round. And I thought, well, you know, Ollie's not coming last this week, at least. And some freaking how he overtook me by quite a margin. And it was all oh, it was that goddamn Undertaker WrestleMania streak. Yeah, because you were out I quite cannot, early on that. I get, because when it when it happens, when Adam eliminates you from that call, no no one else can hear what you're saying after that. Like Luke couldn't hear what I'm saying, and, and the viewers can't. I am just screaming in my own glass cage of emotion. You can see me on the back end. The viewers can't, but Luke and all the players can see me, but they can't hear me because I've been eliminated. And I said Bray Wyatt, and then I went no, and I went. <laughs> And then it is just me screaming, Shane McMahon! Shane McMahon! (laughs) I forgot that happened. It was only like saying Bray Wyatt out loud that made me remember that freaking cage match. Because I don't feel like it's an Undertaker match. Because there was no point of him being in there. It was about Shane McMahon getting control of the company. Which he didn't get because he lost the match, but was then given it anyway. And there was the lockbox. What a waste. What a waste of an Undertaker WrestleMania match. Yeah. Uh, but you did well. You, you went all the way back to WrestleMania 19, didn't you, in the end? Yeah, I nearly got as, uh, yes, I nearly got as far as that. But I couldn't actually remember what the 19 Taker match was, because that's a really forgettable one. It's the Big Show A-Train handicap match. Mm. Um, and I, was, I could have done, like, from there, sort of slightly backwards. But my, I, my, I fell down on Royal Rumble winners. I just suddenly had this sort of 
empty spot in my mind where I was like, I can't remember who won Royal Rumbles. And I was trying to match them up to my WrestleMania yeah. notes that I'd made for the Undertaker thing. It was not helping me whatsoever. Was, I struggled, man. You're going to put music to fill nope, that yeah, silence? No, <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's going to be pure, pure silence. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Myself and Laura will be back tomorrow with the magazine edition of uh, Wrestle Talk Podcast. How are you going to do that on a on a bank holiday? Well, I thought I might just do some work anyway. Cool. Because my wife's working, so I'm just going to work. Does Laurie know? <laughs> Uh, I should probably should speak to him. Uh, I should probably speak to him. Um, but yeah, so we might be back tomorrow with the, uh, the magazine uh, edition of the show. But uh, Andy and Pete will be here on Saturday with the SmackDown review. And then back to normal, I guess. We'll have, uh, yeah, Raw and AEW and NXT next week. Thank you so much for listening. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.